0: Hey everybody and welcome to Transistor Radio, a story thus far podcast that's broadcasting everything trans. I'm your trans sister Erin.
1: And I'm your trans sister, Athena.
0: And I got that in one take. Be proud of it, people. Okay. I'm so proud. Uh, today we are talking about
1: Interruption! Sorry, Erin asked me to do that before we started, so I thought I'd interject. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what? I am so confused.
1: <laughs> I couldn't resist. You asked, and I had to do it in such a. I wanted to do it in the weirdest way possible. Of course.
0: What are we talking about?
1: (laughs) We are talking about style tips for trans women. I would love to do style tips for trans men, but sadly, I am not one. So uh, neither is Aaron. So we can't help there. Um, But uh, so this episode is obviously going to be super heavy focused on um, trans women. That's the two hosts are both trans women. I would love to have, like, uh, trans men on the podcast at some point to talk about like maybe style tips they found useful because I am I, I know for a fact the tips are going to be a hundred percent different. But for now, and we're going to focus on uh, fashion,
0: like indies like too. I'd like to get a oh, trans yeah, an imb like a yes, have yes, them yes, kind of yes. help us out here.
1: <laughs> um, andro clothing like that would be a super awesome topic. I would love to have somebody on. I unfortunately don't know any. Uh, like, I don't have anyone in my life who is uh, NB, but, um, yeah, I'd love to have a conversation because, like, I feel like that would be really interesting and really different from how, like, I dress generally, and I think um, this episode is going to focus on uh, a lot, so um, that would be super cool. Like, we could do a three-part series. We could probably do a lot more part series because there's a lot yeah. of styles for a lot of people, but uh, this one is specifically trans women, so. Yep. Alright, so uh,
0: what are we getting started with today? What is, We've divided this up into two sections here, so Athena, what is, what is your section about?
1: So my section is going to be uh, fashion tips. Um, so I'm going to put a link in um, the description of the podcast to uh, a wonderful blog page, which taught me a lot of what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, it's a blog called Silly Trans Woman. Uh, It's run by a trans woman, and she does a ton of awesome tips for trans women um, dressing, presenting, and a bunch of other stuff. Okay, um, so it's a blog about tips for trans women. Uh, There's a bunch of tips, uh, like there's tips on tucking, there's tips on shaving, tips on pretty much everything you could imagine. uh, And she has a great article on how to dress more feminine. Uh, which is something uh, that I listened to. And then I kind of, you know, found some other things that worked for me that I'll also talk about. Um, So that's my section. Uh, What is your section, Erin? So uh,
0: when it comes to fashion, I tend to do jeans and a pink shirt or something. And that's about it. So it's not, that's not my world. That's wholly hers. But for my world that I feel pretty confident in is makeup. I am... A hobbyist artist so the idea of painting has worked really well and so color coordinating things and picking tones out and finding all the little details that just really help you in one way or the other I, that is wholly my world I love doing my own makeup I can spend 45 minutes trying new things and getting something exactly right for me going out to get gas in my car Um, I really love this whole thing. It's super fun for me, and there are some things that I had to learn. The most amount of experience I had with makeup was uh, stage makeup when I was in, very briefly, in theater in college. Um, And that isn't very applicable. There's some things that you go like, okay, I know the name of this and the name of this, but no idea why or what I should be looking for or anything. So we'll talk about what are the basics you need, what are some really nice accessories to kind of keep things fancied up, and what are some things to really look for, specifically as a trans woman in some cases, that'll help us present a little more closer to how we really want to present. So yeah, I feel like now's a good time. Let's go ahead and get started with our fashion side with <gasps> transistor Athena.
1: Oh man, I was going to start with the makeup side. This is awkward. Well, okay, all right, I guess huh. I'll go first. Um, so fashion tips. Um, so a lot of the fashion tips I'm going to share are about, um, helping you feminize your appearance without actually having to change anything. Um, so for example, um, one that I wouldn't really consider a fashion tip that, but that can help you, um, when you're trying to dress feminine and pass as female, uh, one that will really help is breast forms. We've talked about that in previous episodes, so I won't go over it again, but, um, that will help you like just first off the biggest one and the one is the one that like made me the most happy about it is it will help you fit into clothes that are your size easier if you're someone like me who's six foot two um like those clothes i am in plus sizes just because of my height and those clothes are not built for people with small boobs sadly (laughs) they are definitely not um so that's definitely something that can help but that's not really fashion but uh it, it is like kind of clothing I guess so uh keep that in mind but let's talk about actual clothing tips uh which hopefully I won't forget any because I per usual did not write any of these down so let's hope I can remember them um judging <laughs> judging so the first one uh that pops up is actually a really simple one you can do um I am someone with broad shoulders um And I have two methods of hiding broad shoulders because that is something that always concerned me. Um, it was something I used to get complimented on a lot when I was male. Um, and so I knew when I was starting to present female, I needed to be worried about that. Um, because, um, broad shoulders, especially when you aren't, uh, when, you know, if you're not doing breast forms or something like that, uh, broad shoulders can be something that is uh, a very easy way to get clocked. Um, especially if your shoulders are wider than your hips, uh, which mine are. So um, there's a few ways you can minimize this, um, and they're actually really simple. Um, so the first one is open necklines. So shirts that have large uh, necklines in general make your shoulders appear smaller. Your shoulders will appear the smallest if you are wearing a shirt that is completely off the shoulders and just is like, like, it's just like hanging off boobs or, or whatever, um, those style of shirts that neckline is so open that your shoulders are going to appear way way more narrow and obviously um as shirts get um like less and less open neckline they you start to like kind of pick up on how broad people's shoulders are um also open necklines emphasize larger necks so if you have a large neck your a, a closed neckline shirt is going to hug that really tightly. And now people might be able to, you know, notice that you have a larger neckline and that you have larger shoulders. So um, prioritizing open necklines, uh, things like v-necks um, are super useful uh, for hiding broad shoulders. Um, that is one thing you can do. Another thing you can do, which is something that I am lucky enough to have, is you can actually do hairstyles to de-emphasize your shoulders. So um, I have pretty curly hair naturally and so I have this big poofy hairstyle. Um, and that hair sits far like sits down on my shoulders. and so what it does is now my hair is out so far to my shoulders that the only bits of my shoulders you see sticking out is just a little bit past my hair. Uh, and so it focuses the eyes on the hair instead of the shoulders, and it also causes the shoulders just in general to appear much smaller because there's less of them sticking out past the hair that's noticeable. Um, so those are kind of two things you can do. Uh, big poofy hair and big open necklines for broad shoulders. Those will both help you a lot. Um, another one that I can recommend that honestly like Um, So normally, like I said, you want to prioritize open necklines, Um, but this is for pretty much anyone, but just in general, um, feminine cut t-shirts, um, a feminine cut t-shirt will emphasize curves that are further down your body. So curves like your, your hips, um, it will, the, the sleeves are much shorter and they're usually angled, um, so they will help make your arms look smaller. Um, there is like, like a feminine cut t-shirt is sometimes the difference between male passing, or, like, passing as with a boob, like, I can word, um, like, I guess uh, a male t-shirt will bring out male features and vice versa. Um, so, f- like, as we're recording this, I am wearing a male t-shirt, and even though I have post-breast augmentation d-cups, you cannot see them in a male t-shirt because they do not show them off. Uh, well, okay, you can see them, but it's not like, these are boobs, it's more like is stuff that's under a t-shirt that might be boobs um so feminine cut t-shirts super great so those are some tips for the neckline and I'm going to come back to like tips for things that when you're you're choosing tops um but let's kind of talk about now some stuff you can do for bottoms um so first off (laughs) I saw that look. I know how. I know what you're thinking when I said bottoms and tops there. Audience, you might be thinking that too, but just... I, I mean, shirts didn't
0: do anything.
1: pants. Sure, you didn't. Sure, you know. The audience doesn't because they can't see, but I'm telling you. She knows what she was thinking when I said tops and bottoms. Okay? All right? Cool. <laughs> so, um, let's talk... Like, pants to start with. Um, so a a big, big, big way to emphasize your, like, feminine features in your, like, with pants is skinny jeans. Skinny jeans infinitely make legs more feminine. Now, granted, I would recommend getting feminine cut skinny jeans. Um, Amazon actually has some really great brands. If you are plus size, there's a brand called Just My Size, uh, which does super awesome skinny jeans that I swear by. Um, because they're skinny jeans that are slightly stretchy, so they don't feel like skinny jeans. They're wonderful. Um, anyway, point is, uh, there's a lot of styles out there that you can get, um, but skinny jeans in general are going to make your legs look more feminine because they're going to show off the feminine parts of your legs. So, um, it's a really good way, uh, especially if your build is a little thinner, um, or if your build is more focused on legs, uh, it is a super good way to show things off, um, Another thing, which is something that I haven't tried, but that Silly Trans Woman super recommends and that I have seen help other trans women is boot cut legs. Um, it helps, I think she said, de like, fem- like more masculine thighs, so um, boot cuts can help as well. Those are things to look out for. Uh, that was a tip from Silly Trans Woman, but that I haven't personally used, so I don't have experience with it. Um, other stuff with pants, um, pants with butt pockets will make your butt look better. Um, because there's something on your butt for people to look at. (laughs) So uh, if you are kind of worried about that, maybe try out uh, pants with butt pockets. Uh, You can also get butt lifting jeans, which will make your butt look better. Um, So uh, there's a few things you can do there. Um, Other than that, jeans are kind of like whatever. So long as you're doing skinny jeans or boot cut jeans, you'll probably find jeans will make you feel and look more feminine if you choose them rightly. Also, again, in general, when you are picking clothes that is available on both sides of the coin, uh, feminine cut ones will make you look more feminine because they are cut to emphasize feminine features. A thing to be wary of is um, I've run into this before. Some, especially if you're plus size like me, um, some plus size pants are cut with the idea that people are short and wide that are women, not tall. So, I had a case where I bought pants that were the exact same size as another pair of pants I bought, like, in measurements, but the thighs were, like, three times as big and they were shorter. Um, So, when you're buying feminine clothing, and this is just a general tip for no matter what it is, even if it's pants, um, try them on first. Or get Amazon Primes, so you get free returns if you buy it off Amazon. Um, because there are clothes that are the exact same size as other clothes that wear nothing like each other. So do keep that in mind. If you aren't going to be trying it on, um, then the, really the only way you can know it's going to fit is if you are buying the same brand. Um, so do keep that in mind with feminine clothing. Um, also, um, just while I'm thinking about that, I'll get back to bottoms later. (laughs) But, um, one thing to keep in mind is, uh, don't look up like size conversion charts. I tried to do this. I was like, Oh, Hey, I wear an extra large in men. Surely someone can just convert for me and tell me what I am in women's. No, it doesn't work that way. It is way less like it. It's not a thing. Um, yeah. with my experience with it
0: um for masculine clothing i wore smalls and extra smalls for ever um at least up top um and what i found while switching to women's clothing is that sizing is a suggestion um i have shirts yeah. in my yes. closet that are um medium i have shirts in my closet that are small i have shirts that are Some are extra small. I have hoodies that are extra small. Um, With everything that is down below, I'm a very skinny woman. Um, I've always been that way thanks to EDS. Um, I have to buy, like, size 6 to size 8 down to size 4. That is a very wide range. Depending on who makes it, it's going to be very different. Um, Trying on stuff, I really recommend going out with multiple friends if you've got them that will go shopping with you uh, and helping you pick out certain things. Uh, The best shopping experience I have ever had in my life was with two other friends. They were cis women. They were a lesbian couple who knew that I didn't have anything and I got invited out to go shopping with them just to a basic store, some supermarket, Um, and they picked out stuff for themselves. They picked out stuff for me. They gave me advice saying, It says this, but it's going to look like this. So I think for your body type, we're going to go ahead and try this. And they kind of helped me through. They're obviously not fashionistas or experts or anything like that. Um, But having that fun experience of going around and shopping, uh, it made it a lot easier for me to be a little bit more ambitious and try new things so that I could actually figure out what I want to buy now. What's going to fit me? That being said, there is one thing that you can measure, and that is bust and all that once HRT starts kicking in. I've done that. Athena, you're going to have to retune this for some of your new bras. Yeah, um, I do. But there yeah. is a bra that fits. It's a calculator and a website uh, that is very beneficial. I didn't think it was going to be accurate for me. It is like 100% accurate. Uh, I have two bras that they call sister size. That is 34B and 32C. Uh, The 32C makes me look more full. It is a little tighter hug. The 32B is much more comfortable, but it does still uh, support me, and I I fill them both out accurately. Granted, the C is a push-up, and so is the B a little bit. But anyway, uh, sizing, it really is not a measurable thing. No conversion chart is really going to tell you. uh,
1: I will disagree there. No conversion chart, but it is, it is measurable, measurable. Yes, but so, it's yeah. very
0: flexible. As probably a better way to say that. Um, yes.
1: No conversion yeah. chart is going to tell you, especially with like, especially with like bra sizes and underwear. Um, for both of those, you're going to run into um, some like serious. Um, like you should just measure. Uh, that's actually one thing I was going to recommend while we were on this topic of measuring or trying on. Um, if you are going to a store plan to try on like there's always this joke in like kind of a sexist joke but it is a common joke which is that like when men go and shop it's like they walk in pick what they like and walk out when women go and shop they spend like three hours there and just like talk and try on everything the reason for that is a man can go to a store and buy an extra large shirt and buy an extra large shirt at target and buy an extra large shirt at the mall and go home and a woman goes and buys a size like large at uh, a target and then a Walmart and then a store at the mall and they come home and they're eight different sizes when you only bought three clothes so you have to try stuff on if you are going in person um the thing is this means uh this is something that i do a lot now is i just bring some friends along and make a weekend of it like go out spend a saturday go have some fun shopping, bring some supportive friends who can help give you feedback, having a friend or family member or someone there to like, look at it and say like, that looks good on you, that doesn't look good on you is also a big help. Because then like, if you're not sure if you like it, um when you know, you can ask for a second opinion. Um So just in general, um, you know, kind of expect if you are shopping for female clothing to be trying lots of things on, and to be kind of making an event out of it. It's just a good way to spend time with friends if you have other people who like to go shopping. Absolutely. Um, If you aren't able to shop in person um, for whatever reason, whether that be you're socially anxious, you don't have anyone to go with you, uh, you don't have any female clothing, so you're not comfortable presenting them, any number of reasons, there are plenty of reasons why you might not want to go to a store and why you would not feel comfortable in a changing room all of those reasons are totally fine. You are a totally valid feeling that way. Don't feel like you have to go try stuff on until you're comfortable. But if you are unable to go to a store, you can still get feminine clothing. And this is what I was saying why I interrupted Aaron earlier. Take your measurements. Get um, that you can get a measuring like like a, a tailor's measuring tape. Um, super cheap. Just you know Amazon whatever wherever. Buy one get one. And measure yourself. Uh, You can look up guides on how to measure yourself online. Um, You'll want to look up a guide appropriate to where you live. So, like, if you're in the U.S., look up U.S. sizing charts. If you're in U.K., do U.K. stuff. Um, But get your measurements. Um,
0: With measuring tapes and all that, you can use them wrong. Uh, Yes, you may not. Yeah, some of you may not know this. I do have a history of making my own clothing. Um, I am staring at a dress form literally like six feet from me. I haven't made anything in the past probably eight months, probably since trans... No, I have made something since transition. It just didn't turn out how I liked it, and it was just a test. But still, um, one of the things that took me a long time to figure stuff out as I was making my own clothing, even before I knew I was trans, um, measuring tape is very, very easy to get wrong. Uh, And if you don't have a friend to make sure everything is right, my biggest advice is to use your cell phone use a mirror use a black screen something that you can see make sure that it's straight um straight up and down is a little easier but straight around can be very very tricky to get um i know so many women who will go in for sizing and they say no i took my measurements here they are and i will i have had to order some clothing for other people and i'm taking a look at these and going there is no way that your bust this little 5'2 extra small woman has a 68 inch bust she has done something wrong she has hooked it at the end of her rib cage and brought it up around or something but you've got to make sure that that is accurate so uh that is my that's why biggest piece of advice
1: Yep, that is why look up a guide um and definitely have a mirror handy that's what i did Um, I measured myself two or three times, um, and like took the average to get results out. There are ways to do it. Um, (laughs) just, you know, measure yourself, uh, take your measurements It's the easiest way to do it. And then when you go on Amazon or wherever it is you're buying clothes from, also, I know I plug Amazon a lot. Like, there are other places to buy clothes. The reason I plug Amazon a lot is because that's what I did. I had Amazon Prime. I could get free returns. Amazon is super good about having um, size charts. Every single piece of clothing lists a size chart um, that you can use. Um, Sadly, finding plus sizes on Amazon can be a little annoying because there will be some clothes where they have a size chart for their regular sizes but not for their plus sizes. Um... So uh, I think uh, there's some other retailers that are good about having size charts. But Amazon in particular, if you have Prime, free returns is super nice. Um, They even, like, you just have to print out a shipping label. You can even use the same box they sent you. Um, But you get free returns, and um, it's just super easy to use. It's, the reason I recommend Amazon a lot is because, in my opinion, it's the closest you can get to going to a mall digitally. Um, There are probably other stores you can use that do the same thing. Uh, It's just the one that I have the most experience with. Probably half my wardrobe is from Amazon. um, And some of the clothes I wear the most are from Amazon. Um, Like every single pair of jeans that I've owned so far is from Amazon. Um, So this is, that's why I say that. Feel free to shop around. But uh, it is something to keep in mind if you have to shop online. There are ways to do it. Just make sure you've got your measurements and you can be successful shopping online. Yep.
0: Uh, one of the things that I was really surprised about uh, since coming out of Trance is clearance sections actually fit me now, at least in certain areas. Um, yes. I am a very common size with pants and stuff, which is very frustrating. I have a hard time finding clothes, not in a clear extension. Uh, but when it comes to things like shoes and some accessories, I happen to have rather large feet. Uh, not for somebody who is assigned male at birth, but, you know... Um, I went to a clearance section just the other day and found the entire shoe section fit me. Uh, it was all my size and only my size. So uh, you may get lucky in certain aspects in some regards. And uh, shoes that were normally $80, I bought them in a necklace for like 26 bucks, which is super cool.
1: Yeah. Especially pay attention. Um, for example, right now, uh, if you are a plus size girl, Torrid is having a... Um, off clearance is their semi-annual sale. Um, so definitely shop clearance if you can.
0: Yes. Uh, clearance sections are a godsend, whether it is, well, really anything. Uh, with shirts, I haven't found too much luck. Uh, but with online sales, like Athena said, I've only ever shopped online once. I took a random guess. They only had, um... Small, medium, large sizing, they didn't have six, seven, eights. Uh, but the one thing that I did buy from there, it's looking back, it's a little ridiculous. It's something that you would wear for a date. Or as I have done to some special events. But it it did happen to fit me. It was it's a little tight, I won't lie. Uh, but you maybe this is me. I had a really big hang up shopping online for years. Uh, I still rarely do it uh, but if you're one of those people just break that little wall down go ahead because you're going to find a ton of stuff you may not ever see in stores uh, that is going to fit you it's going to look marvelous on you and you're going to really love the whole experience so go ahead shop online and if you can't do that shop the clearance section it's pretty much the next best thing
1: yep oh and actually hang on one last tip on shopping because we're gonna get back to fashion tips i swear but one last tip on shopping if you are someone who has a hang-up shopping online can't get your measurements or something but still want to go in store and try on clothes um here's a fun tip go to your sec go to your store like uh i would for this i would recommend a store like um uh, like a, a Walmart or a Target, where there's a lot of options, and it's not just, like, like you can't do this at a mall. Well, you, you can for some of the larger stores that sell both, but, like, if you're at a store that just sells female clothing like Torrid, you can't do this. Um, but you can go and, let's say you find something cute you like in the feminine section, but you are still presenting male and, and feel unable to try stuff on. Go to the male section, grab a piece of clothing, and drape it over your arm. Go to the female section, grab a piece of clothing, and drape it underneath the male piece of clothing. Then go to the mm-hmm. try-on section. Say you have one item, and go into the booth. No one saw your feminine piece of clothing because it was under a masculine piece of clothing. You try on the item you actually wanted to try on. You go out and you tell them you liked both. Put the male one back. Walk away with the feminine. I didn't I one.
0: ever think of that? That would save me a ton of trouble. <laughs> I
1: know, right? Um, I didn't think about it until after I was presenting full-time. <laughs> but um, that is oh, something that is something you can do. Um, that is something you can do to try on clothes if you, for some reason, don't want to shop online or can't shop online, can't get your measurements, or whatever, but still want to go try on clothes while presenting mail. You can use that at department stores. It'll come in handy. It's a little harder at, like, the big department stores, like a JCPenney or something, because the, the sections are so separated. Um, but at a store like a Walmart where, like, because my local Walmart is, like, one it's like you, you cross the aisle and it's like, oh hey, this was the male section and this is the female section. Um so it works super well at stores like that. Um that is something you can try as cool. well. This is, however, not shopping shopping sisters radio. This is transistor radio. And we are talking about style tips. Um so back to style tips. Um a few other things I wanna say. Uh there there's still one section I want to get to um but specifically about um helping you feminize your looks without actually feminizing them. Um, so I already talked about jeans, um, shorts. This is pretty obvious booty shorts. If you're comfortable in them, um, they will make you look female because they will emphasize your booty so well. Um, another one. So, uh, that's honestly, like I only ever wear booty shorts, so I don't have any experience in the, that's that's my advice. You do have a really
0: nice skirt. I love your skirt.
1: Oh no, that's I said shorts. I'm getting to skirts. There's a whole section on skirts. That's the next. Oh, uh, you're talking
0: about shorts in general. That's your style. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: So sk- now let's talk skirts. I have a lot of skirts. Uh, I like skirts that go below the knee and skirts that go above the knee. They're both great. Um, but skirts are phenomenal. But you should be aware when you're purchasing skirts that there are some styles of skirts that on a a uh, a map body will probably not look as good. Um, specifically stuff like pencil skirts, um, until you've been on HRT for a while, if you are lucky enough on HRT to get some hips, um, pencil skirts will look great on you. Go rock those girl. And I am super jealous. Um, otherwise for the rest of us, if you want to look super cute and feminine, flared skirts, flared skirts are phenomenal because what they do first off, uh, both with like jeans, shorts and skirts, I highly recommend stuff that goes up above your waistline, um, it gives you more room to play around with stuff if you need to, like, use, you know, maybe some larger gaffs or larger panties or whatever. Um, so stuff that uh, I have a lot of high-waist jeans, all of my jeans are high-waisted, which means um, they sit, like, um, above my belly button is where they clasp. Um, and that's true for my jeans, my shorts, and my skirts. I really like stuff that sits there because that's kind of where my curves are, um, so they stay up better for me. Um, but... High-waisted skirts that are flared are phenomenal because what they do is they make it look like you have hips, regardless of where you are in transition. Uh, and so what they do is they sit at, you know, just above your belly button and then they flare outward, which gives the appearance of large hips and they help you, like, like even I have a skirt that is flared that doesn't have any, like, you know, isn't made of any fancy material. It's just some, like, cotton um, and it drapes down, but because it is sewn to flare, it gives me, um, uh, more hips than I actually have. I also have a skirt that I was wearing literally today that, um, the interior of it, it has like this like inner lining, um, that hugs closely. So you aren't showing the world your panties, but then it has an actual like outer lining or an outer part of the skirt that is made of some like nylon material. That's pretty rigid that maintains this super nice flared skirt And so what it does is, whenever I wear that, I look like I have the hips of a god. Um, So I will just wear it. Um, I also have uh, some other skirts. Uh, There is a great selection of pleated flared skirts, I think, uh, off Amazon. Um, All of those are really good. So if you're shopping skirts, you're either pre-HRT or worried about your hips, definitely check out flared skirts. They will make you feel so much better about your hips. They are awesome. Um, and they are probably the easiest way to pass as feminine. Um, I, first time I went out, I wore a a wide-necked shirt and a a flared skirt. Never got a look, um, even though my makeup was terrible. Well, I take that back. I got one look, and it was from somebody who knew me pre-transition, and it was awkward. Um, So that's all of my tips on specifically minimizing your um, masculine features. So Um, if you're worried about broad shoulders, open necklines, poofy hair, good stuff. If you're just worried about your curves in general, feminine cut t-shirts or just feminine cut shirts will help a lot. Uh, honestly, open necklines will work whether you're worried about broad shoulders or not because open necklines are traditionally very feminine. A lot of masculine shirts, if you look, are closed necked. Um, you like button up shirts, turtlenecks, stuff like that. Um, those are all pretty close necked. Even the button up shirts I have, um, that are feminine, end in v-necks and end like just where the cleavage ends so open neck shirts just in general are pretty feminine so uh feminine cut shirts are a really really good way to go um especially those with with lower necklines um so on bottoms uh skinny jeans really good thing boot cut jeans really good thing booty shorts awesome and flared skirts Now, let's talk general style, because there is uh, one tip that I really kind of want to end on, or, well, two. First off, bright colors are super feminine. Um, A lot of masculine clothing is blacks, grays, dark reds, dark blues, that sort of stuff. So if you want to emphasize femininity, go with brighter colors. You know, a light blue instead of a dark blue goes a long way. Um, these aren't things you have to be bound to. There are plenty of feminine styles that are all black, punk and goth styles, for example, which I am a sucker for. Um, so there are feminine clothing that is darker, but if that's something you're worried about, brighter colors are a way to go because they help immediately single out like, okay, that's something a a more feminine person would wear. A feminine cut pink shirt is almost never going to get clocked as male. That's just almost guaranteed. Um, so, again, there are ways to prioritize it, but make sure when you're you're kind of picking outfits, if it's something you're worried about, pick clothing that leans more on the feminine side. If it's not something you're worried about, if you feel like your butt looks great no matter the jeans, then don't worry about picking skinny jeans. Pick something else. If you feel like your hips are rocking, pick that, like, pencil skirt and rock it all day long. Um, if it's something you're worried about, though, these are tips for what you're worried about. Don't feel like you have to wear all these to pass as feminine. These are just tips to help you. Um so definitely do um brighter colors slash more feminine cuts and feminine designs. Uh floral designs, for example, if you can find some that don't look frumpy. Um that sort of stuff. Um last thing I want to talk about the very last style tip I have, I could probably talk style for a lot longer, but specifically I wanted to hit on this is just a good style tip in general figure out where you want to draw, draw people's eyes. This is also a thing in makeup that you might talk about, but, um, knowing where you want people to look with your outfit is a great way to help you better pick your outfit. For example, let's say you have a super cute, super bright shirt, um, some bright color, um, like maybe bright red or bright blue with a pretty design on it, and you want to wear it. Do not, for the love of God, pair that with a super bright super designed skirt because what's going to happen is you're going to walk outside and everyone's going to be like this is feminine overload or this is uh, sp- this is style overload and my eyes are going to melt. What you want to do is you want to pick a piece to center your outfit on. Um, so if you're if you have this super like poppy shirt that has this super great design on it with a bright color, make that the centerpiece of your outfit. Wear Wear an understated set of jeans or a skirt or something that pairs with it. Wear understated make colors in your makeup. And let the shirt do the talking. Um, the same is true of a skirt. Um, skirts are really good centerpieces. Almost every single one of the skirts that I own is a centerpiece for an outfit. And so I always wear those skirts with understated shirts. Um, do be careful, though. Make sure you don't pick too many outp- outpiece Or the outfit centerpieces. Um, Because if you have a bunch of skirts that have to be worn with plain looking shirts so that they can shine as your outfit centerpieces, and you have a bunch of shirts that need to be worn as outfit centerpieces, what happens is you're like, well, I want to wear this shirt, this shirt, this shirt, and this shirt this week, but I only have one thing that I can wear with those, so I'm screwed. So do keep that in mind when you're picking outfits. There are... Don't feel like every skirt you buy has to be this super gorgeous looking skirt. Plain black skirts are a super great thing to pair with almost any shirts and vice versa. Um, The same is true with shoes. If you want it to have, if you have a skirt that's super overstated and you want to wear it with a nice pair of flats, get an understated pair of flats. So it's, it's like a thing that I did when I started buying outfits was I was like, this looks pretty, this looks pretty, I'll just wear it together. And then I like completely overload you and you don't know where your eyes to go. And the outfit just looks garish. So pick one or two understated pieces to pair with an overstated piece to draw the eyes. Also keep in mind what parts of your body you are dysphoric about. If you don't like your legs, don't pick an overstated thing that draws people's attention to your legs. Wear more overstated tops because then people will be drawing your eyes they'll be drawing your eyes to the tops instead of to your legs. You can do this with hair as well. If you have a super like hairstyle that you love and you dye it these bright colors, that will draw people to your hair headbands flowers in your hair bows in your hairs these are all way to draw people to your hair so picking accent pieces um you can also do this with makeup if you have a bright lipstick you will draw people to your lips if you love your lips that's a great thing to do if you don't like your lips don't do that Um, so just know what you're most proud of, what features you are happiest about, what makes you feel feminine and pick outfits and styles that draw people to that attention or draw people's attention to that piece. Um, that's something to, to, to really focus on that really helped my outfit shine more. So, um, that's kind of my last style tip. Um, so just in summary, uh, open necklines, awesome. Um, Feminine cut t-shirts, awesome. Poofy hairstyles, awesome if you're worried about your broad shoulders. Um, skinny jeans are great. Bootlegs are, uh, bootleg cut jeans are great. Booty jeans are great. Flared skirts are great. Um, don't overstate your outfits and fill it with full, full of overstated pieces. And bright colors are fairly feminine if that's something you're worried about. Those are all my outfit tips. I have way, way more. I could talk about... I've already talked way longer than I meant to because I just rambled. Um, but... Either way, that is all the fashion tips I'm going to share right now. I can probably think of more if I keep thinking. So before I do and get buried deep in a fashion hole that I can never dig myself out of, it is time for Makeup Tips yes, with Erin. Yes,
0: this is my world, my little domain here. Okay, so what I'm going to start out with are... It's two lists. It's more like 1.5 list. Uh, these are, first up, the bare essentials. These are the things that I can... Almost never go without, and then the second half of this is going to be some uh, additives, some things that I may use every day simply because I have the time available to me, Uh, but they are not the absolute must-have. I cannot walk out the door without these kind of things. Um, Even with some of the must-haves, I do occasionally skip out on them. Uh, so, first off, my list is going to be simple. I'm going to just state them one by one, and then I'm going to elaborate on why I choose them, what their purpose is, and, in some cases, some of the best uses for them. So, the very first thing that you need to find, uh, just not necessarily in an order of importance outside of these first, let's see, what is that? One, two, three, four, five. Uh, you need foundation, you need a set of tweezers, you will need eyeliner, lipstick, and makeup remover. Those five things I almost never go without day to day if I'm going outside. Uh, Sometimes I will skip foundation. Sometimes I will just apply a little bit of foundation to certain areas. Um, I am undergoing laser treatment, so some areas will need it more than other. I'll elaborate more on that in a second. Uh, The tweezers are more of a maintenance thing, but those are just the basics that help accentuate certain features that make my face a little bit more feminine. After that, we see some things like highlighter, we see bronzer, we see blush, Um, we have an eyebrow pencil or a gel, Uh, we see lip liner, not lipstick. Uh, They are very, very different. And uh, eyeshadow, some people consider this a must-have. I don't. Um, Most of the women that I see in my day-to-day life just around here don't consider that a must-have. That is a very nice thing. It's very nice for accenting certain features and for playing around, but that's about it. The last two things are a mascara and a curler. Some will consider that essential, some will consider that optional. I consider it optional, uh, but we'll explain why here in a moment. So back at the top with foundation. This is probably going to be the absolute most difficult purchase for you. Um, For those who do not know, I think I've mentioned it once or twice, I am colorblind. Uh, Which means picking out things that are specific to colors can be very, very troublesome for me. Uh, So there are two ways that I go about actually picking all these things that are color-specific. Foundation is the absolute most essential. Must be as physically close as you can afford and can find. Um, I happen to be lucky slash unlucky. I found a foundation that is 100%. I'm not even joking you. 100% my skin tone, and the only way I found that was by taking a friend who is not colorblind with me to the shop. Um, That is how I have to counteract that. Now, your eyes are totally fine. You're not colorblind. What do you do? Um, There are several apps that are color pickers. I happen to use an app that is, oh, what is the name of it? I had it pulled up. I think it's literally just color picker. No, color grab. I use an Android. Um, There's a thousand different ways and a thousand different apps to figure this out um color picker is actually something used more by photographers actually um but uh this is going to be a very very good tool to figuring out what your foundation is going to be you can show them this is my skin color skin color you can show them this is my skin color uh at the store and say i'm looking for a foundation that matches me there are several organizations that will help you along with this i think. Athena, you would know this. What is the program where they will actually specifically help trans women figure out their makeup?
1: Um, I haven't messed with it at all, but I think it's something Sephora is doing.
0: I think you're right. Um, one of our friends just recently went through that whole process. Uh, it was like $8, and they just went through a little class. Um, if you are willing to go and attend publicly, uh, semi-publicly, I suppose, uh, they will teach you some of the basics as well. Uh, But where I purchased mine was Sephora, and the only reason I use that store is it's very close to my house, uh, but it has a very wide selection as well. Um, The foundation I use is $50. It is a cream foundation, which tends to be much more expensive, and it also is an exact match. Uh, The higher the price, usually, the wider the color range, Uh, also the less likely it is to irritate your skin. Foundation is the absolute most important thing you're going to buy. Uh, If you are like me and you have very, very dark hair and very light skin, um, this is going to be the thing that helps you counteract some of those masculine traits. Um, There is an additional thing that I used before I started laser as well. I happened to buy a kit. that is a full, full kit from the store Ulta. You'll find tons of them. You can probably find the same kit at Walmart for the same price. It was like 20 bucks, 30 bucks, um, But it has everything I'm going to talk about here because I'm still using it. Uh, granted, I've supplemented things like my foundation and certain other areas as well. But uh, it came with a little bit of a yellow foundation as well. When you have uh, dark hair like me or any sort of hair and fair skin, the hair underneath that skin is going to come across with a little bit of a blue hue. I naturally have a very uh, red hue, a pink hue, uh, but around my lips, especially on my lips, uh, the upper lip specifically, and sometimes the lower half of my chin, you're going to see a really blue hue. The way to counteract that, if you know color theory or anything, you're going to want to add a little bit of yellow. Uh, Not too much. Don't overdo it. Don't make it a streak. This is something I have stopped doing (laughs) uh, because of laser, but also because I tended to overdo it. It's very hard to do, but if you know your colors, go ahead and try.
1: There's another way to do it, by the way, uh, which this is a quick and dirty tip that I got from Silly Trans Woman that I used literally for months during first presenting full-time. If you have a foundation that matches your skin perfectly, because I found one, and I got lucky. Mine was cheap. Uh, If you have a really good foundation, um, you can use matte red lipstick. Um, So... Take a little bit in the areas that you have beard shadow, very little bit. Don't use too much because it's matte red. And um, after you put it on, smear it um, like with a a sponge or something. Um, What that does is that'll counteract the blue. So when you put on your foundation, your foundation will have an even skin tone. Um, Literally like matte red lipstick, you can pick up for like a buck, 250, whatever, um, super quick, super cheap, literally takes 30 seconds to apply, and then you swap, you plop on your foundation and you're good. That's an excellent idea.
0: I love that. I, I never thought of that. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to lipstick. Um, lipstick is something that I will literally never leave the house without. My thin lips are very, very masculine in a certain sense. I basically don't have an upper lip. Um, it's very troublesome. I am a little bit dysphoric over the whole thing, but I can counteract it. Uh, I use lipsticks that usually match my color outfit. I don't like to be too standoffish with lipstick. That's what I use my uh, nail polish for, Uh, which is a whole other thing we can talk about another day, I'm sure. Actually, Athena, you haven't used nail polish, have you?
1: No, I haven't. We should talk about it.
0: We should, but... At some point. I I tend to use a whole bunch. That is my uh, centerpiece, usually. I like purple. Um, I'm wearing some right now. But with lipstick, I don't like to be too out there. Uh, I've never had an outfit that I've designed around it. So what I use is just basic pink, reds, variations of my skin tone. Whatever that is for you, uh, experiment with it. Uh, oh, there's one thing I wanted to talk just a little bit as a preamble, which is great. Uh, it's because it's specific to this topic. If they do not have a tester, uh, a lot of us who are transitioning may not know kind of the etiquette of these stores. Um, do not grab something off the shelf and try it. <laughs> Uh, If it is out of box, it usually has a tester sticker specifically on it. And when you test it, you test it on the back of your hand, the underarm of your, or the under forearm, I should say. That is the area to test these things. Specifically, eyeshadow is really good underarm. It's very similar to the skin on top of your eyes. Uh, So those are the areas. If it doesn't have a tester, you're kind of taking a little bit of a gamble please don't use store products without asking store employees. It's totally okay to say, do you have a tester of this? And then follow whatever they say. Yes, we do. It's over here. Or no, we don't. Sorry. Uh, That does not give you permission to take lipstick and rub it on your hand. I went to a store just the other day and saw a woman do that. And I was not okay. I looked at that. Uh, If you're paranoid about germs, kind of like me, you can see little tracks where people have dragged it on their skin. Watch the lipstick carefully when you're in the store, whatever you're about to buy, check it out. Um, but I tend to go with a lighter pink. I like pink. I don't wear pink. I don't wear a lot of pink. Pink and gold are kind of my go to colors right now. Uh, so I try to bring something that does not bring full attention to my face, but it brings attention and helps me pull out some of the lips that I do have. My upper lip is very skin toned. Uh, so this little bit of pink, it's a rose pink, that helps me. Uh, Just make it stand out a little bit for my lip and my chin. That works. I have a pretty good lower lip. It's a little bit, it's average, I'd say. So I don't put a a ton of that. You can go overboard. Do not lay this stuff on thick. Uh, In fact, I know most women will um, put it on and then take like Kleenex, toilet paper, bite it. uh, Not really bite it, but just a little lip it and take the excess off so it doesn't smudge. It does smudge very easy. If you eat, it comes off. Uh, carry the extra in your purse. If you live in a hot area with me, you have to be conscious of that. Don't get liquid stuff and make sh- and Sorry. If you get liquid lipstick, make sure the cap is on. I know so many people who have ruined bags or ruined checkbooks or wallets or cards by having liquid lipstick in a hot day... That wasn't 100% tightly sealed.
1: Um, Also, real quick, before we move on from, uh, like, applying lipstick, um, fun thing, don't forget to do this. After you apply lipstick, um, make, like, a kissing motion and put your finger in your mouth and then pull your finger out. I just demonstrated it to Aaron, but it's basically, like, suck your finger and then pull your finger out. Um, The reason you do that is that prevents lipstick getting on your teeth. Um, so it will take lipstick off the inside of your mouth, but still leave it on the edges. So when your mouth is closed and when you are talking, your lips will be completely covered in lipstick, but the inside of your lips will not be. So you will not be talking and have red all over your lips or whatever, or red all over your teeth. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. I've never had an issue with that, probably because my lips are so thin. Uh, you can never see my lower teeth when I talk. Uh, you can always see my upper teeth and you can usually see most people. So that can be an issue that's going to come up. Uh, moving on from lipstick, uh, eyeliner. This is 100% essential for me. I will not ever leave the house without putting some sort of wing on. The most basic kind of wing I can find. Uh, or I can do, anyway. Uh, I really like wing tip eyeliners. You don't have to do wings, but uh, I find it really feminizes some things. If you don't want to do masma- mascara, uh, it can almost fake it. With eyeliner, there's two options, actually. And... Most beginners, I really recommend you want to go with a pencil. Uh, With pencil eyeliners, they are super easy to control, super easy to experiment with. Uh, For the first two or three months, even, I used a simple pencil eyeliner. I went out, whatever store was near me, and was like, oh, this one's nice. I went with a charcoal gray. Eventually, I've moved on to black. Uh, I like the black. It has a nice contrast. Um, But whatever color you want to use do kind of want it to stand out if you're not if you're getting a skin toned eyeliner obviously no one's really gonna see it if it matches your skin uh charcoal or black is nice charcoal is nicer if you want a more natural maybe a little more quote-unquote professional less date nighty kind of color but that is what i suggest for at least the very first one
1: there is a reason to get light toned um uh eyeliner specifically white um white eyeliner um there's a trick you can do with it to make your eyes Mm -hmm. look bigger if you're worried about having small eyes you can put white eyeliner in the water line of your lower um eyelid and what that'll do is it'll extend your eyes down into the water line um so it'll make your eyes look significantly larger Um, so that is a reason to buy something other than a dark eyeliner um because it's super useful for that
0: exactly i was actually going to move on to that so thank you for explaining it
1: Oh, hey, that was like the only other tip I knew. Yeah, that was was perfect. Uh,
0: (laughs) So aside from that, pencil eyeliners are great for beginners. Eventually, you're going to move on to probably liquid. Uh, A lot of people I know stick with pencil. There's nothing wrong with sticking with pencil forever. Uh, I did not like the look it does because it does give almost a chalky uh, look, not a texture. Uh, That is saying that it's not very op- it, it's opaque. You're going to see a lot of skin underneath what's there. Even if you do pick a black, you might see skin lines a little bit better. It can be a little bit less solid than if you use liquid. That means that the lines are going to be a lot softer. If you're into art, uh, you're going to know the difference between what a soft line looks versus a hard line. I like hard lines. So, I have moved on to a liquid eyeliner, which is significantly more difficult to use in my experience. And I will spend a little bit more time than I have in the past getting the right wing. Uh, there's different ways that they apply. Most I see like a very, very long uh, uh, cone kind of look uh, with a very fine, very fine tip. Uh, I go for my underwater line and I go up and try to follow where that water line would go towards up. It almost meets my eyebrow, is a good way to think about it. Uh, But aside from that, I will also go from the skin line, right where the hair meets the skin. Or I should say eyelashes, it's a little weird to say hair. Uh, Follow along and meet that point and kind of make a nice little triangle. Mine tend to curve up because I follow that brow bone really well. Uh, And then you fill in what does not meet up to your tear duct, one of your areas over there. Uh, And this is a tip that I learned recently, I've been loving it. Start in the middle of your eye. Don't go from uh, don't go from the corner of your eye and then all the way over into the actual tear duct towards your nose. Uh, start dead center of that eyelid. Fill up a little bit. Like if you say the tip of your uh, eyeliner pencil or eyeliner uh, brush or pen, whatever you're using, uh, I'd go two up. That's a fair. That's how I judge it. There's probably tons of better ways, but I go two up and then I connect it to whatever connects to the wing. And then I take that and slant it downwards to my uh, inner eyeline, all the way down. Uh, a mistake that I had at the very beginning, I would line both the top and the bottom with hard black. And that is a specific style choice you need to be making for a certain reason. Uh, that closes off your eyes really well and makes them small. Uh, and really, I'd reserve that for a specific goth look. And most goth looks that I know don't even go with the full eye. Uh, so it is just more of a top eyelid liner, if anything, uh, counteracting it on the other um, side can be a little you,
1: difficult. You can do a little bit on the bottom liner. Um, so, uh, it's another, I looked up a lot of tricks to make my eyes look bigger cause I was worried about that. Um, you can do like a quarter of your bottom lid, probably a little less. Um, with eyeliner, especially if you're doing a wing style. And what that'll do is that will make your eyes look larger because it will it will extend the other parts uh, and it will emphasize it. Um, so that's a, a trick you can do, but um, Aaron's 100% right. Don't line your entire eye unless you want your eyes to look absolutely tiny. Um, or maybe if you're going to an anime convention.
0: Funny, funny thing, uh, the anime eyes that you tend to see, I, I study art. Anime is something that I really like to draw and whatever. Uh, the female anime eyes you seem to see do do that exact quarter of their eyeline goes here. It fades out into yep. the wingtip, tip and then the rest of it is either completely gone or very thin line. So you'll see that in all sorts yep. of art forms, but I just thought that was a funny uh-huh. thing.
1: It's a funny parallel. Mm-hmm. That's why you can do it with, with eyeliner yes. as well. It will make your eyes look larger and a little more feminine.
0: Mm-hmm. Tweezers, uh, moving on. This is a very short one. Thankfully, uh, get a set of tweezers. Uh, You wanna look for some that are not the traditional get a splinter out tweezers, go to the fashion section of whatever CVS, Walgreens, whatever store you find. You're gonna find them everywhere. Uh, They're gonna have a flat edge. Those are the most useful and the easiest to use for this kind of stuff for styling. Um, You can style your own eyebrows. I've done that myself. I need to do a little checkup looking at myself in the video right now. Uh, But just go through with a flat pair. They're easy to kind of press in, grab hair and pull out. Uh, they're to maintain an eyebrow shape if you want to get them done professionally. I highly recommend it. It's very cheap. Uh, Athena, you had yours done today. How much was that for you?
1: 11 bucks in my area. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And mine was $10 at the mall or something. It didn't give me great results, Mm -hmm. but other reasons outside of that. Um, I've,
1: I go to, like, a a specific stylist. Um, I go to the same stylist. My stylist, like, for perspective, I don't know how much y'all are paying for haircuts, but when I get my hair cut and colored, it costs me, like, 90 bucks. So this is not a low-end... This is, is like, a, a very, like... Specialized stylist, and it's still only $11. Eyebrows, getting them done cheap. Um, And also, before we talk more about doing your own eyebrows, I tried to do my own eyebrows when I started, and I fucked them up super bad. Um, I super highly ultra recommend at least getting your eyebrows done professionally once. Absolutely. Because once you get them done professionally once, that professional stylists can make your eyebrows a a shape that is feminine and can help you because then you just have to maintain that shape the hardest part is finding a feminine shape that works for your face having a stylist do it for you professionally cuts that step out and then you can just maintain that through tweezing or plucking or whatever it is you do not to mention waxing is way faster um, than tweezing eyebrows so i super highly recommend first time do it professionally It'll give you a great shape and you won't have to...
0: Yeah, it's just easy to maintain after that. Uh, So that was a really quick one, thankfully. Moving on, we have makeup remover. Another quick one. Unless you have personal hang-ups about one thing or the other, you might be allergic to certain things in some of them, so watch out for that. But most of them are just going to be this fiber cloth that's been soaked in a certain material. The only advice I can give for you is find one that you like the smell of, find one that does not irritate your skin, and you're pretty much good. Uh, You don't want to get it in your eye, obviously, but you can use them to remove eyeshadow and eyeliner and foundation, and I really recommend you do that before going to sleep. I am terrible about this. I am lucky that my foundation does not irritate my skin. Some people are not so lucky. It can cause acne. It can cause lots of unhealthy things you don't want to worry about. It can stain pillows. It's just bad. Get a Makeup remover, if you're like me and you're not out, or if you were like me, I should say, lucky me, Uh, and you're not out yet, I kept them in my car. Because some days I would hit Monday, hi Monday, and wouldn't realize that, well, I still had eyeliner on. I still had eyeshadow on. I didn't see that. So I had a little thing that I kept in my car. It was just basic makeup remover. You get them for three bucks, two bucks, whatever. Uh, pull out a cloth, do a quick wipe down my face, go, oh, see that super dark line? I had mascara on and didn't realize it. Uh, So that helps a lot. They do not dry out if you keep them totally closed, even in the super hot Texas heat in the later months. Uh, So I really recommend you go ahead and grab them. Whatever works for you and doesn't irritate you. Moving on to some things like highlighter and things like contour. Uh, Highlighter is specifically there. I mean, like the name suggests, it's there to point out certain aspects. I tend to use it on the tip of my nose, on my nose bone, because I have a a kind of short nose, Uh, and I see a lot of girls use it on the underside of their brow bone, so between their eyebrow and their eyelid. Um, That helps it kind of pull it out. It opens up that eye a little bit. Some girls will use it on the side of their cheekbones. I have seen some specifically make it to contour their face so that... They look a little bit more feminine, a little more rounder shape, a softer shape. Um, I try that. Uh, I personally don't have a great amount of experience with it because I tended to be doing more harm than good. Um, on the flip side, you have contour, which is the opposite. It sinks things in. Uh, I see girls use this on the underside of the cheekbone. So essentially, if you take your ear hole and point a line and draw it to the corner of your lip, That is roughly going to be the path. You don't want to go that far, obviously, into your lip. Uh, But that is going to be the path where I see most people apply it. They will put that on and then kind of smudge it down really well so that it is coloring the cheek specifically, but not the bone. And that is another way to uh, ink your face a little bit more angular. Some of us, specifically trans women, I don't think this is something that is going to be great for me or other trans women uh, because our faces tend to have a little bit more angles than one anyway.
1: Um. Yeah. Um, If you're going to be doing contouring, you need to be doing you want to be using contouring and highlighting to um, bring out more feminine features. You want to prioritize rounding your face, um, highlighting, for example, your cheekbones. Uh, I used to do contouring um, and you you like you want to contour with with trans women. You actually want to contour your jawline to reduce the the (laughs) angularness. Um, you can reduce the size of your chin with contouring. Um, there are a ton of tips out there for contouring for trans women, but the contouring you are going to be doing, if you are doing it, is going to be very different from the contouring that you will see. Um, yes, like it's almost the doing. exact opposite, even, um,
0: in some of the cases.
1: Yeah, because yeah, their contouring is trying to bring out angular features to make their faces... Look more like um, they're they're going for a specific style. That's more mature, really. That style, yeah. That style is the opposite of what um, trans women want because cis women aren't didn't have testosterone in their system ever, and testosterone makes your face more angular. And if you do that contouring uh, in that style, I mean, this isn't true for every trans woman. Some trans women are lucky to have like um, you know less angular faces. Um, So you know, uh, contouring is kind of a Maybe do it, mm-hmm. maybe don't, um, try it once or twice. Um, it's also very yes. hard to do well.
0: I have tried it probably four times in eight months. Um, and I've never gone back because I, I, like I said, I do more harm than good. Now, when we talk about contour, there's usually two ways that I see it, um, mentioned. And it took me, like, literally four or five months trying to figure out just what the hell it is because there's no product called contour usually, unless it's specific. Um... When we're talking contour, we're talking something like maybe a matte bronzer or maybe a darker colored foundation. Those are the things that are going to be used to bring that out. Uh, it is a totally optional step. It is probably the least used thing in the entire uh, the entire podcast I'm going to talk about is contour. Uh, highlighter, I use anytime I have more than 15 to 20 minutes to get ready. Moving on to that is blush, another short one. You want to put it on the apples of your cheeks, which means when you put that on, uh, smile, do a fake smile. And when you look at that, you're going to see some roundness in your cheeks usually. And you're going to put it kind of on the top half of there, get a little brush, put, put it on there. Uh, and from there, I tend to use my fingers because my brushes either suck or I'm colorblind and I can't see them working, but my fingers tend to work better. I do a little uh, around the edges where I've applied it, and I smooth it out, just move it into the skin, uh, so that my cheeks look a little bit more rosy, look a little bit more pink, uh, and from there, it's good. Uh, I tend to go with pink because my skin, like I've mentioned, has a red tone, uh, and that accents that, and it makes Makes it look like my face isn't so flat with uh, foundation. Foundation is gonna bring your entire face down to pretty much a blunt canvas, which is what the contours, the highlighters, and the blushes are there to counteract. Uh, so we wanna make sure that we look alive and not dead, unless you wanna go for that look, which is totally on you. Uh, moving on, eyebrow pencil. I sometimes use this, I sometimes don't. Um, if you have messed up your eyebrows by accident, this can help. If you use the eyebrow pencil wrong you can have perfect eyebrows and you will look ridiculous so uh, my best advice for you start in the middle of your brow or uh, three quarters don't start right where your eye like right where it separates on your nose bone don't start there that is a very bad face and I probably never have used that uh, except for once Uh, start there and start filling in the skin underneath the hairs and it's gonna create a little bit more uniform shape um, all the way around. Uh, I tend to go all the way to the tip of my eyebrow and sometimes I'll add a little bit more up top because my brows very flat uh, That helps me shape it just a little bit I tend to not add much underneath so that I keep that ankle. I like my angle uh, But I definitely always use it on the under uh, middle tone because I have a lot of skin that shows through my hairs And that's what that's there to do uh, with gel. It's there to shape it believe it or not There are eyebrow combs They can be a little bit difficult to find But they are there specifically to uh, keep your hairs down. Uh, Some people will snip them. I probably need a little bit of snip because some of mine up top are getting a little unruly. And over my brow line, uh, which makes it... It's a masculine thing. Think of the old man with bushy eyebrows. You want to trim it down if it gets pretty out there. Uh, You want a solid line as best you can. Don't be, obviously, everything in moderation. Um, You want a simple line that goes all the way around and completes. You don't want it to be too much. You don't want it to be too dark. Uh, Match your hair color. I'm dark brown. I get a dark brown uh, eyebrow pencil. It works great. Don't get black unless your hair is black. Uh, Past that. Lip liner. Get one that matches your lipstick as best you can. This is something that's very simple to draw the shape of what you want your lipstick to look like. uh, And it helps. Uh, It tends to keep things out there. Uh, exactly in its spot, so, and some people I have seen essentially contour and highlight their lips with it, that's a little extreme, Uh, but they do a wonderful job with it either way, but uh, the basic is around the purse of your bottom lip, around the purse of your upper lip, and that is just simply outlining where you want your lipstick to go, it's really simple, Uh, you don't need it in any way, shape, or form, it's a take it or leave it with me. Some people will consider it totally necessary because of the styles I do. They go full 130%. Every day they go out. Not not, not needed at all. Uh, I recommend it, but it's not needed. Eyeshadow. Eyeshadow's fun. Uh, the best advice I can give you for eyeshadow, get a big palette. A big, fairly cheap palette. Um, the palette I have is... I think it's eight long with four rows. What is that, 32? Uh, it's got a ton of little, little palettes. And you're going to be surprised how long this stuff lasts. Little itty bitty colors just range the entire spectrum. I really recommend getting a nice large one with little, little palettes. They are going to last you forever. I am not even kidding. I bought my eyeshadow palette. Oh. I guess six months ago, and I've used one color pretty much every single day for those six months, and I just now I'm seeing a divot in it. These things last an eternity. There's no reason to go out and spend eighty dollars on a single color just so you have like half a cup worth of it. Uh, The best advice, especially for trans women starting out, get a palette has a ton of options. Uh, Get a color schemes you like and take into consideration the color tone you're going to like. This is a great place to bring a friend along, someone who's maybe more art-inclined. If you wear blue or purple, you will look like somebody out of the 80s. That is not a bad thing, but that is something you are going to need to consider. Uh, If you use yellow and you have a very yellow skin tone, you might look sick. Uh, For me, I tend to go gold and a dark brown. They accent, they kind of make things good. If you're going for a smoky eye... Charcoal's good. Uh, I don't do smoky eye. Charcoal and eyeliner are the go-to for that.
1: Um, I did smoky eye once, and I did it with purple. So I disagree that with your too. statement that purple will make your eyes look like you're out of the 80s. Um, the thing I will say, uh, I don't even... I don't know if you need a friend when buying an eyeshadow palette, because, um, like, I think my eyeshadow palette is 5 by... It's, it's... Oh, God, it's it might be 6. It's 6 by 10, I think. Um, I have a massive one. Um, My mom gave it to me. She's awesome. Um, And like the the nice thing about buying a palette is that the palette gives you options to play around with. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about applying a makeup is you're going to be playing around with it in your room. So you can buy a palette with like every shade under the sun. And then when you get home, you're like, you can just try out 1800 different looks and be like, okay, I like these six so i'll use those six and trash the other 1794 right so uh and i uh don't feel like you you have to like figure out the perfect color at the store you can buy a palette that has every color ever and then just play around with it and honestly like i don't do makeup very much um i i find it it i'm bad enough at it that it just makes my face look worse than it does better um so i skip it but uh i fucking love playing around with eyeshadow um the last time i went on a fancy date like a fancy first date i did it i played around and like did a smoky eye and played with some eyeshadow. absolutely so eyeshadow and if fun. you're
0: gonna find a tester for anything it's gonna be with eyeshadow uh, i found one that i absolutely loved it was like a fire red a really shimmery gold fired red it was like oh i love this color how much are you 50 bucks, one color? No. Uh, I went down to another aisle. I found something for similar that was in a big palette. It's like, okay, I'm going with you. And it was like 30, 17. For a ton more colors I get to play with, especially for trans women who've never ever touched this stuff before, a big palette is going to give you lots of options to play with. Not only is it going to give you a chance to find out what you like, it's going to find out what you like and looks good on you. Uh, so really play around with it. Watch YouTube tutorials, and I think it's been a very long episode. Uh, I'm going to move on to our last bit, which is just mascara and curlers, the only things to say about mascara. Uh, It is always going to be hard to apply. Uh, It's always going to feel like you're about to jab your eye out, and sometimes you will. Uh, With waterproof, it is harder to take off. Do not go overboard and rub 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 basically sand your eyebrows off do not just peel this stuff off i've seen some people take it off with their fingernails for some reason that's bad eyebrows take a very long time to grow back or eyelashes i should say eyelashes take a very long time to grow back uh i go with a straight black i don't see many variations outside of maybe a dark brown uh go with what looks best for you what you're looking for uh if you're going swimming I do know that some people like to do their makeup for swimming. Waterproof is essential. Do not think that just because it's extra strength, 24-hour, it's going to stick. It will not. You need waterproof specifically. If you get waterproof, your makeup remover is not going to work as well. But it will work. Be patient. Give yourself time to remove that stuff. Uh, Curlers, totally not essential. Um. I've used them before. Uh... They are only there if your eyebrows are not naturally uh, curly themselves or they are in the process of being repaired and they're growing out. Uh, Oh, one thing to say about mascara. Some people find them totally necessary. Um, I'm lucky that my hair is very dark on my face. In some ways, I'm lucky. Uh, My eyelashes are so dark, they really don't need mascara. Sometimes I'll take it out just so the tips of them really stick out and I look just that bit more feminine and girly. Uh, but say another friend that I have, she is cis female, her natural hair color is kind of a blonde, uh, and when it comes to her eyelashes, she looks like she doesn't have any. Uh, so she gets a nice black and really paints it on there, uh, if she wants it. So they are there to fill out the eyebrows. You may not find them necessary, that's why they're in this section, even though they are a very common use thing. Curlers are absolutely not necessary, and, uh, just add a little bit of... Extra, you know, oomph to your luck, and with that, like forty-minute talk, uh, I think I'm done with my makeup.
1: Yeah. One last thing I want to say about mascara. Um, I have pretty small eyelashes. Um, I highly recommend if you have small eyelashes and are worried about that, uh, volumizing mascara. It uh, will make your eyelashes look significantly longer than they actually are. Um, so highly recommended. It will make your eyelashes or er, pop. Even if, um, you know, you don't have a lot of pop to give. Yep.
0: All right. We have been talking for like an hour, 10 minutes at this time, I think. Athena, yeah. what is a really silly thing?
1: So uh, we were going to do our number one anime discussion and we were going to talk about our anime because we thought this was going to be a mm-hmm. short topic but here we are at an hour or 20 minutes of recording that some of it will get cut out um so we're going to default back to our shorter really silly thing and we will save our number one anime really silly thing for next week so our shorter really silly thing is a game called portal knights um this is a game that aaron and i literally started playing last week um I think it is still available for the next few days on Humble Monthly, so you can get it for $12 on PC. Aaron and I have been playing the Switch version. It's been super fun. Um, It is an absolutely adorable game. It has building and mining mechanics and crafting mechanics that are fairly reminiscent of Minecraft, um... But it wraps those Minecraft elements of discovering new worlds and exploring and getting resources and building and all that stuff. And it wraps it around an action RPG. So you have character classes. Uh, The character classes are um, mage, uh, warrior, and a ranger. Uh, I think they call them mage the wizard, but whatever. Um, And then uh, you have different skills you unlock. Um, you have abilities that you can use in combat, there's a storyline you're following, you're trying to save the world, it's been ripped apart, and you are the only ones you can travel through portals, there are bosses every so often that you have to fight, uh, there are quests that you do for people um, to help them out, so basically take the elements of Minecraft and wrap them into an action RPG and you have Portal Knights. It's an absolute blast to play in co-op, um, Aaron and I have been playing it a ton, um, and can't recommend it enough, so if you are looking for a fun co-op game, or even just a fun game to play solo, and you like building and crafting and hunting for resources, um, but you wish it had more story, Portal Knights, like, Portal Knights story isn't the greatest, it's not like you're playing, like, the Skyrim of Minecrafts or whatever, um, but there's enough of a story Uh, and quest system to get you kind of out and going into the world without having to feel like... uh, Because I know um, I don't play Minecraft a ton um, because I always get to the point where I'm like, well, I don't care enough to finish my project, so I'm just going to not do anything. Um, So... I often run out of steam doing those things, but in Portal Knights, the quests make me want to go do stuff because it gives me an objective. So if you are like me and need objectives, Portal Knights will give you objectives and all the fun of Minecraft, not to mention the style is adorable as all else. Um, Aaron, is there anything you want to say about
0: it? If you are on a phone, it will autocorrect it to Portugal Knives. So if your friends are talking about foreign nines from Portugal, then they probably want to play a game with you
1: yep all right if there's nothing else you want to say aaron then i think that's it for our show is there anything else you wanted
0: well i guess i'll add in that i love our trans siblings
1: ah i love our trans siblings too Okay, uh, so before we get to the outro, there's two things I wanted to mention. Um, The first thing I want to talk about is um, we'd love to start getting some feedback from our audience. So um, there's a few things I want in feedback. Um, Don't feel like you're required. I'm not like, go out. This is homework. Do this. This is Um, homework. Do this. First thing. (laughs) No, Aaron, this is not homework. I am not a teacher. We will not do this. Um, so the, the first thing is, um, I really, uh, wanted to reach out and see what kind of topics do you want us to cover? Um, we've been coming up with all the topics for the show, but one of the things that I wanted to focus on, this is why the tagline of our network is stories about our podcast, or sorry, podcasts about our stories and yours. Um, I, uh, really want uh, ideas for topics, things that, you know, you guys are worried about. So uh, if if there's something that's on your mind that you wanted to ask us or hear our thoughts about and you have an idea for a topic for a show, please contact us. I don't care how. Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever. Whatever works for you that you can get a hold of us, send us a message. Heck, if you can find my LinkedIn page, send me a LinkedIn message. Whatever. Uh, you can Google me. Like you'll, you'll actually me. check that um, <laughs> I I get notifications from LinkedIn on my phone. Thank you very much. I use it for job applications. So, yes, I will. Um so please uh feel free to reach out to us on any of the platforms that we offer. Again, I'll, I'll talk about them in the in the uh just like outro. So, anywhere go on to our website and get a hold of us, send us an email or something. I'd absolutely love to hear from you guys from all of you about what uh you want us to cover. Um, another thing, um, we've launched the podcast. We, we did this a while ago, but we've launched the podcast on a bunch of different websites, uh, the biggest ones being um, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, I'd love to hear feedback about the show on those platforms. So uh, if you can, maybe go to iTunes and leave a review of the show or Google Play or Stitcher or something, wherever you can leave a review or comments. Um, just so we kind of know what this, what your feelings are on the show. You can also send your feedback to any of the, the, the comments that we mentioned, but reviews will really help us out in um, getting more eyes on the show and helping us get it out there. So if you enjoy the show and you want to tell us your thoughts, or if you don't enjoy the show and want to tell us your thoughts, please check us out on those platforms and um, give us your feedback. And to help you do that, um, uh, and I also want to talk about we, that we've updated our website a little bit. Um, so if you go to storythusfar.com slash TSR, which is Transistor Radio's link on the podcast network, um, you'll see that we now have links on our webpage to iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, please uh, check out those links. Um, that's if you want to write a review. There's one for every episode as well. Spoiler alert, the the ones in the episode pages also go to the same one as the ones in the podcast page because... If you go to iTunes to a specific episode, you just see all the episodes, so it's pointless to link to a specific episode. Either way, point is, um, every page on TSR now has a link to, um, those three places, so, uh, please check those out, um, you know, maybe, uh, let us know how you're feeling along with all the other stuff I'm about to say in the intro. But with those two announcements out of the way, then it's time to say this has been Transistor Radio, a story thus far in network podcast. Uh, if you have topics you'd like us to talk about, please send us an email at staff at dot com with TSR or Transistor Radio in the subject line. You can also send us a tweet at our Twitter page, which is at storythusfar, or you can post on our Facebook page slash send us a message on Facebook Messenger at facebook dot com slash storythusfar. And if you're like me and can't remember anything for more than thirty seconds, you can just head to www dot com and find everything I just mentioned and even more great content. That's Coming soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transistor Radio. We'll catch up with you next time, but for now, it's time for us to end transmission. that is the longest it's taken (laughs) us to start recording (laughs) next time don't start counting when you can literally see me drinking water